heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Healing the Whole Person. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson. It's my privilege to introduce our very favorite Kyle Clement this hour. Kyle Clement, for those of you who aren't familiar with this work, is a member of the Religious Association of Societas Matris Dolorissime, or the Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother. This order provides instruction, case evaluation, consultation, and ongoing formation for exorcists, dioceses, and institutes in the United States and abroad. In his capacity as the case facilitator and administrator for the order, Clement screened over 900 cases of suspected extraordinary diabolical activity just last year. Clement presents on the topic of spiritual warfare for diocese missions, parish missions, clergy formation, lay team formation, consults on the formation of diocesan protocols, as well as men's and marriage conferences. Kyle has been involved in the consultation and formation of priests and laity involved in Catholic liberation and exorcism for over 15 years. He was on the Exploratory Committee, Initial Curriculum Committee, and among the original consultants and facilitators for the Pope Leo XIII Institute. Today's show is being sponsored by Colleen Pileski. Colleen is offering this as a Christmas present for her son and his wife, and we want to say from the bottom of our hearts, Colleen, thank you so much for making this show possible. So welcome, Kyle. How are you? I'm good, Angela. It's so good to be with you this afternoon on the feast day of St. Aloysius Gonzaga. Aloysius Gonzaga, and your topic today is healing the church. Right, right. I wanted to uh, address just a moment. I had sent a, um, a modified biography it's you're correct in all of your facts but please make it clear that I do not in any way represent on this program my remarks are not representative of the Pope Leo the 13th Institute nor do I speak for the Institute in any way thank you Kyle thanks for that clarification so Kyle healing the church this is a new one we haven't we've had the show now for a few years just, just to jump right into it now, because we have quite a few healing requests for your prayers in the show. If, would you mind just defining healing and why you think that the, when you say the church, I assume you mean the Catholic Church? Well, that's the only church. It's we the are only the church. one. We are the one true church. Everything else is a denomination or a departure from. So, tell us what is healing, and why do you think the church is in need of it? Well. It's a good question. It's a good topic. I think first and foremost to be aware that words mean things and the more precise we are in our language, then the more efficacious communication and ultimately prayer, which is the ultimate form of communication, the clearer it is. And so the more that we press with regard to reclaiming the language to the Catholic norm, um, that's one of our main objectives uh, in the order. Uh, 
uh, in the society of the most sorrowful mother is to reclaim these uh, meanings and these uh, terms. And so that's uh, healing in the Catholic definition. Healing is reconciliation with God the Father through Christ the Son and his church. And so when you look at it that way, when you look at it that very narrow definition and that clear definition, we need to, to clarify some terms within the definition. So let's discuss reconciliation. Prior to 1960, the sacrament was known as penance or confession. The effect was reconciliation. The effect of all sacraments is reconciliation, meaning the restoration of proper relationship with God the Father. Interestingly enough, confession or penance is requisite to all sacraments. The parents would have gone to uh, confession or been in a state, be in a state of reconciled, a state of grace, when they present their child for baptism and make the baptismal promises on his behalf. Then, as one matriculates through the other two sacraments of initiation, penance, the sacrament of penance or confession, is requisite to those sacraments. So one is to call to mind their sins, to confess their sins, to do penance, and to be reconciled to God the Father through that act, as well as the subsequent sacraments, such as First Holy Communion, Confirmation. And incidentally, you and I are configured to, to God through the sacrament of marriage, not to each other, but through that vocation. The other vocation is holy orders. And in that, both uh, sacraments, both vocational sacraments, require that we go to, vote to penance or confession prior to receiving the sacrament. And then as we move on, anointing of the sick or last rites, extreme unction, as it was previously known, has a, an element there where if possible and if the person is capable, they are to go to confession or to go to penance. And so we see over and over again this connection of sin to and penance and reconciliation. Our Lord himself says, go you are healed, your sins are forgiven. So he's making this connection between sin and healing. The most poignant connection we have modernly is in the canon of the Mass where the priest shows us the broken body, the broken host, and intones the term, terms, Ecce Agnus Dei. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Our response is, Domini nom sum dignus et intres subtectum meum, sed tantum dic verbo et sanabitor anima mea. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. So it, it is our looking upon the Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God, and his sacrifice for us, joining our suffering to it, that we are reconciled to God the Father. This is that conformity of wills. So there's the definition of healing in a Catholic sense. Thank you. That is so beautiful. You know, one of the delicate subjects is how should we discuss this topic, even among ourselves or with clergymen, this topic of healing the church? 
I think first and foremost is to realize that there is a uh, there is a common understanding that the mystical body of Christ, the church, um, is in disarray. Jesus identifies himself as the way, the truth, and the life. The truth. Truth is not relative. Truth is the truth. It is absolute truth all the time and everywhere, in season, out of season, popular, unpopular. When we begin to uh, change doctrine or dogma or the implementation of it, to accommodate popular culture, we're militating directly against the mission of our Lord, who was to be the conscience of the culture, to be the very um, the, the very voice, the countercultural voice that said, this is error, this is untruth. All the great councils, which gave us clarity on the heresies, they were speaking to bring truth back to the fore. The heresies were the popular notions. They were society's unwillingness to apply truth to situations because it's quite uncomfortable. And in fact, this is in large part what earned Jesus the, the death sentence was this constant tolling of the truth, this constant ye asking people to yield to the holy will of God. And so we see that in the in the church modernly, under the guise of pastoral concern and under pastoral uh, motivation, we're seeing the lines become vague, the unwillingness of churchmen to address um, heresy, liturgical abuse, and this is a creep that eventually renders the mystical body of Christ moribund, unable to move, unable to be Jesus in the world today. Kyle, what, is, what are some of those heresies that you see operating in our culture today? Well, a heresy is one of two kinds, and I'm using the term in the way the church, the early church used it, and the way it was used for centuries, and that is, I will point out that modernly, heresy is used quite loosely to simply mean something that I don't agree with. Um, that's not the way I'm using the term at all. A heresy is one of two kinds. It's either an ignorance or an untruth. In the ignorance, it's simply an unknowing. It's simply a failure to be exposed to and assent to a truth. The heresy of falsehood, though, is somehow um, is much more egregious. It's, it's much more difficult because in this case, the person has constructed a set of beliefs around a falsehood. Oftentimes, they've constructed a life uh, and practices around a falsehood. So when we declare the creed and we say, I believe, and we go down through the points of the creed, what that's saying is, I believe I'm ordering my life to these things. And there's a line in there that says, and I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. What that means is we're to conform ourselves, assent to the teachings of the church. It's not that we have to agree, we have to simply assent. We have to order our life to those truths. The idea that deviant practices, that sinful practices can somehow be overlooked, that um, the very uh, cloudiness with which um, 
our churchmen are dealing with the issues of our day and the lack of consistency from church to church and region to region and country to country is indicative of the dis-ease of the dis of the um, the problems or the maladies that are afflicting the mystical body of Christ. You know, it's uh, Ian Oakley's here in the studio, and we were we were just talking about that because um, what we hear very often is priests directing people to follow their conscience. And even in the studio, we had a deacon here that said. Well, if I don't follow my conscience, I'm committing a mortal sin. So they're going to priests for spiritual direction and advice, and then the priest is kind of lobbing it back, if you will, to the individual. What Do you have any comments about following our consciences? Yes. Uh, it's, the worst po- it's the worst possible course, especially if your conscience is not properly formed. The thing about it is, we've got a real dysfunction in the church wherein this current generation um, has been um, malformed. Now, this includes priests and laity. There has been a great disparity in formation. There's been an actual deformation in theology that's happened in the seminaries. And so these men, through no fault of their own, but through faulty formation, are ill-equipped to deal with the intricacies of our faith. They don't know their faith, and they're, they don't know how to instruct it. And so we can't ask more of them uh, than their formation makes. However, we need to recognize this and understand that it's starting to come to light. Um, there's a, a wonderful reflection, and I'll just give you part of it, but essentially it is this. There has to be a realization on the part of the clergy that the vocation crisis is theirs. It is theirs. As we as the laity bear some responsibility, however, when a man who raises his children with hard hands of work, the implements of work, when the hard-handed praying man who may not be educated sends his children to clergy to be educated and they immediately begin a process of turning those children against their very father to question his ability as a father, to erode that, then at some point the laity raises up and says, enough, no more, you will not have our children to deform them mentally, to deform them physically, and to deform them spiritually. You've led them astray. Currently, the clergy, especially the instructing clergy, those who are charged with running in universities, their orders are in disarray. This is a this is somebody needs to we need to talk about this. We need to no longer give them the benefit of the doubt of interpreting every action and word as if it was charitable or in our good interest when this has consistently cost us good people. It has cost us vocations. It has cost us many things. I'm not saying that we need to to dump the clergy overboard like they did Jonah. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to come to the table, both of us, laity and clergy, and say, look, we are in error, both of us. How do we fix this? How do we go on from here? How do we call clergy into account? How do we call laity into account? All for the benefit of the mystical body of Christ. In a marriage, it's beyond a partnership. Both sides have to be willing to give 100% and to pray in charity for the other side to ensure their purity. But what can't be allowed is the continuation of, of where we're going and how we're going. Because to follow our conscience 
gets us off into the wasteland, howling wasteland of relativism and modernism, which is devoid of all all landmarks. You know, Kyle, I just want to comment on something that you said before we just brought the subject up. You were saying that it's not the... If I, if I have the words, I, maybe it's not the fault of the clergy because they haven't been formed. But I think, I, in one sense, I take exception to that maybe, Kyle, because it's our, to me, it's my sacred duty to be formed. I don't know all the answers, but I know I don't know them. So I work tirelessly tirelessly. It's my number one priority. And I would think it would be even a graver duty on the part of clergy because they're the shepherds. What is more important? The fact they weren't formed in the seminary, how long ago is that? <laughs> a lot of time has passed. Aren't we called to, to do every, every minute that we're alive? Isn't that the whole point of it is to get closer and closer to God and to be there's a professional standard of excellence, I would think, that we're all shooting for if we want to enter the narrow gate. Am I being too tough? No, you're not. You're being absolute. We're, you're, you're absolutely right. We're essentially saying the thing, same thing. What I'm wanting to uh, put forward is, yes, there are defects on both sides. I've failed to be the priest of my domestic church. I have failed to bring my children up the way I should have. I've failed to conduct my own life the way I should have. The priest has done the same. Um, But what we have to do is realize both of us are in a sinking boat. I'm not going to shove him out and I'm not going to let him shove me out. We're both going to bail and we're going to we're not going to find fault from where we are other than to recognize both of us need to be saying mea culpa, mea culpa, not tua culpa, mea culpa. Now, both of us will turn back to back and get this thing done. But unless they're willing to do that, unless they're willing to change and address the problem and to speak plainly about liturgical abuse, about deviancy, about the sacraments being given unworthily, about this, we've got to stop this failed experiment that is modernism, relativism, and ecumenicism. We've got to stop it. You, you just touched on the matter of the sacraments being given unworthily. That, that's a hot potato right there. Well, it's not so hot because what it amounts to is this. Ordination doesn't cure defects any more than marriage cures defects, any more than confirmation cures defects, any more than communion cures defects. The defects have to be cured to attain the sacrament. This is an inversion of the whole process in the need for the sacrament and the holiness of the sacrament. And Kyle, we're coming up on a break right now. Um, but for those of you who are just tuning in, we're talking about this is the Healing the Whole Person show. Our host is, this, I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson, and our guest is Kyle Clement. And we're talking this time about healing the church, which is really, that is the whole person, isn't it, Kyle? That's the true it, whole person. Absolutely. Yes, and sitting in the studios, Ann Oakley and Kyle, when we come back, we have quite a few prayer requests. Maybe we'll get to that, and then we'll resume the discussion. So stay tuned, please. Stay tuned. You're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio.
Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed-rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. As we got towards Christmas, one of the parishioners suggested, why don't we take out an ad on the local radio station? I have to say, I really didn't have an awful lot of optimism about it. But I was well advised. We went, we cut a little message. Once it started playing, I began to hear from the Catholics in the parish about how great this was that we're out there, how great this was that that we are showing signs of life, how great this is to encourage us who are here in the parish already. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back to this episode of WSFI's Healing the Whole Person. Today our guest is Kyle Clement and we are talking about healing the whole person, healing the whole Catholic Church. Kyle, welcome back. Thank you, Anne. Welcome back. You know, we have quite a few prayer requests. Do you want me to go through one by one, Kyle, or what's the best way to do this? Well, let me give just a little bit of a preamble on how we're going to want to pray today or how I would like to pray, and, and that is this is when we join our suffering to that of the church, when we join our suffering to that of the Christ, then it has meritorious value. When we keep it to ourselves, when we find uh, fault with God, when we, when we kick against the goad, if you will, when we go against that, then we, we limit the efficacy of our prayer, we limit the efficacy of suffering in total. And I think that this is one of the treasuries of the Catholic Church that we've lost modernly under the influence of Protestantism and evangelical uh, influences is that we need to make the pain cease. We need to, to make it stop. It has value. It's being allowed. And, and it has significance. It has spiritual consequence and symbolism. I think it's interesting that when the Lord spoke, when God spoke to St. Francis and said, rebuild my church, he did not say change the architecture. He did not say it's a poor design. He did not say any of those things. It was rebuild what is there. And that is to clean up and to rebuild and to fortify and to augment structures that are already there. Don't change them. And I think that's where we are. Um, and I would like for today on the people that we mentioned with regard to prayer, join your suffering 
in a very real way to the mystical body of Christ that is the church. That is the church. If you have malady, whatever the malady may be, let's try to find the analogous structure in the church that is an, that is ailing and then offer our suffering for that. So that's going to be the emphasis today. And if you're good with that, we'll go ahead. That is so beautiful, Kyle. That is so beautiful. Well, I will get right at it. So our first request came from Chris Dunlap, who is a longtime supporter of the station, and most a lot of our listeners know him. He has a friend, Ron, who has lung cancer, but it's an aggressive type, so it's traveled to his liver and to his brain, and Chris says that we need a miracle. We do need a miracle in the church. We need a miracle in this man whose body is representative of the church, the lungs. That which breath becomes oxygen in the blood, the blood becomes stale, unable to function. The precious blood is unable to function, to, uh, to flow through humanity without the ruah, the breath of God the breath, the Holy Spirit. And when our lungs are diseased, we can't take it in. We can't breathe deeply. We can't be vivified. We can't be sanctified. And so we become caught up in just surviving in that little short breath to stave off panic, that little short breath, just enough, oh, to be able to breathe deeply. The disease of the lungs that spreads, and it always spreads, the disease of the lungs that in, that inhibits our ability to take in the breath, the Word of God, and let it permeate our body. Please offer this suffering and how it's aggressively affecting the other vital organs. Offer it for the church. Offer it for the, the churchmen, the priests, the cardinals, the popes who are having difficulty, who cannot or will not suffer, who have an inability to speak the truth, the fear of martyrdom, meaning the fear of humiliation, the fear of popular opinion going against them. Offer it for their courage. As you struggle with this disease and as you embrace this, let your courage become their courage. Let your strength become their strength. Please join your suffering to that of the mystical body of Christ. And if God favors you with a curing, so be it. If he doesn't, you die with merit, having offered your suffering, your arena, your cross for the benefit of all. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our okay. prayer. Uh, Kyle, the woman sponsoring the show on behalf of her children, when I spoke to her to let her know about it, she was in the hospital with her husband who has, am I pronouncing this right, Ian, sepsis? Sepsis mm -hmm. is that, I think that's a, are you feel familiar with that, Kyle? Oh, I am, and it's so indic indicative of what's happening in our church. It's a poisoning. It's a it's a it's a toxic buildup. It's the inability to to funnel to 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 filter to deal with the toxins that the body naturally builds up, and it's it can be fatal. It's very dangerous. Our hierarchy were toxic. Just a day ago, we heard of a cardinal who is being asked to step down publicly. But the allegation is 50 years old. And so this sepsis, this poison, this action has been in the church building over all these years. All of the people that he promoted, all of the people that he 
uh, put forward, all of his programs, all of his activity. This, uh, it appears that this has happened uh, during an ongoing period of abuse and pedophilia and other things that were happening. So this is a sepsis. And so offer this very suffering for the purification of the church. I think it's extremely symbolic of the buildup of toxicity when we don't constantly rid ourselves and pursue holy things, take in the Holy Spirit, constantly call our, our brothers to fraternal correction, constantly call them to a higher degree of holiness and sanctity. Lord, hear our prayer. Uh, yeah, we both said that. That's incredible, Kyle. I mean, you see that what is going on at the physical level is also going on at the at the spiritual level. It's really just an indication of what's going on in our church and in our world. We have another one. Um, it's actually my sister Martha. Um, she's young and she has invasive breast cancer. She found out on Holy Thursday that she had invasive breast cancer and it spread to her lungs. And we prayed for her and she actually texted my other sister and said that the tumors were shrinking. Um, oh, thanks be to God on this one. This is indicative of the sins of a generation. Now, this is where we're going to speak directly to the laity, and I'm not accusing your sister. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm asking her to offer her suffering, her angst, all of the fear, everything that she's feeling in this, every, all the malady, all the physical suffering. Please offer it for the laity. Offer it for the vocation of marriage, because in this last generation, or generation and a half, and largely through consult and council of clergy, we participated in contraceptive practices. Catholics are participating in these practices. It's coming to the fore that most contraceptive means the woman ends up paying the price for this through ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, breast cancer. The very constructs of fertility are being attacked through this in, in this practice, this evil practice. And it is what it is. It's never permissible. And so the more that we are willing to suffer in this and the more that we're willing to offer in reparation, I'm going to speak very, very plainly. Most everyone between the ages of 30 and 60 to 65, we have some culpability in this. We have some direct culpability in this. Embrace this opportunity. We either know or we're related to someone who is suffering in this way. Recognize that these are the sins of our generation that are being visited upon brothers and sisters among us. Let us pray for their strength and courage to suffer for this generation and all the sins against fertility, all the sins against children, all the sins against the generative principle. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Arturo Garcia has serious liver problems. Oh, Arturo, the liver is the filter. It is the filter for the body. Everything that we take in, everything that we eat and drink comes in contact with this filter and we overburden it. And so I'm not saying that you've overburdened yours. I'm asking you to join your suffering, this malady of the liver, of this beautiful filter, to join it to all of the things, that, to the suffering for the mystical body of Christ, to purify all the things that the church has taken in. 
specifically all the liturgical abuses and practices that have no place in Catholicism that have come in. They're poisoning us. They're hardening our our filters. They're hardening us. They are impacting our ability to sanctify blood, to purify blood, to purify those things in the body. Uh, all of our structures become affected by this. And so please offer this liver malady for the inability of the church to filter out those things which are burdening us, which are clouding our blood, clouding our perception, especially liturgical abuses. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Guadalupe is suffering from osteoporosis. Oh, Guadalupe. This is a skeletal issue in which the minerals are not being deposited and the bone is actually decaying. The infrastructure of our church, the skeleton of our church, the infrastructure, the doctrines and dogmas, they're being chipped at, relentlessly chipped at. Even the sacraments and the institutions that our Lord himself instituted, the very words that our Lord spoke about divorce and about marriage are now being reinterpreted. This is, this is a chipping at the very skeletal structure of our church, and it'll bring about a collapse. Please pray that this be reversed, not only in you, Guadalupe, but it be reversed in our church, that we rebuild, that we take out the trials of truth and spread the, the mortar of right doctrine, right teaching, and right catechesis, and address these crumbling structures to replace the mineral of truth, the mineral of right teaching, into this skeletal structure of our church. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Kyle, there's a man named Karan. He is a two-page uh, prayer request, but if I'm looking at it, it says, please save, protect, and relieve me, his family, and bloodline from wicked people, from enemies, evil magic, and evil things out there. And then he goes on uh, for like trying to protect them from evil that he feels has been sent against them. Please offer this suffering very directly for the clergymen, the hierarchy of the church that are participating actively with Lucifer, with Satan, that are involved in deviant sexual practices, that are involved in deviancy. This is a very real thing. It needs to be brought to light. Pray that this be brought to light. Pray that the light be shined upon Freemasonry and Luciferianism that is happening, not only in the Vatican, but in chanceries around the world. Our bishops are under fierce attack. Our cardinals are under fierce attack. And many of their brothers are compromised. And so pray not only that it become apparent, that it be, that it be exposed, but that the very light of Christ which exposes it, cause it to wither like the darkness that it is. Pray from a strength, of, a place of strength, a place of courage. Pray as a warrior. Lord, your will be done. Continue to purify your church from the evil influences. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord hear, hear our prayer. prayer. And then I have two more, unless Ian has one. This one is a person who is... Um, 
they're listing the initials of family members, but it's health and healing for the family. So obviously it's someone who's concerned um, about uh, brothers and sisters and parents. This is a very common area and one that I really want to emphasize. The prayer is very, very simple, and that is this. Lord, let them see themselves as you see them. Shine your light of truth into their heart. Let them see themselves as you see them. Now, there are two things to keep in mind. One, if you worry, you directly diminish the efficacy and merit of your prayer. So you're going to either pray or you're going to worry. Don't do both. Padre Pio had this had a good handle on this, and this is not some snappy calypso tune, be happy, don't worry. <laughs> this is literally lay it on the altar and leave it there. Don't constantly pick it up. The other one is define healing as reconciliation with God the Father. And so many times when we pray that suffering be diminished or be taken from people, this is prolonging their passion. Remember that the prodigal father, the father and the prodigal son, did not send a little money to his son so he could call home while he was in the pig pen. <laughs> there, there was an absolute realization that they're going to have to hit rock bottom. They're going to have to find out, a, have a moment of peril or of trauma or near death or death itself before there is reconciliation with God the Father. So are you praying for reconciliation with God? Are you praying for true healing of the soul? Or are you praying for an easy life? for, a, for a, a, an end of addiction, an end of these things. So think seriously about your prayer. Healing is reconciliation with God the Father. Offer them up to God. Let, they, let God shine his light of truth into their hearts so that they see themselves as he sees them. But the adversary is really effective in diminishing our prayer when he gets us to worry. So let's purify our prayer, make it simple, and give it to God. Give it to Him to do with. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord hear, hear our prayer. prayer. Kyle, this is excellent. This is excellent. Uh, the last request that I have here is uh, a woman by the name of Carla, and she has a prayer request for a miracle so that she could be accepted in a college for her to continue her career goals, and her desire is to study in a Catholic college or a Catholic university. Her name is Carla. Carla. Carla, I can't I can't pray that prayer. And 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 Kyle, what are, what's on your mind? I can't pray that prayer because what I'm not hearing is vocation. What I'm hearing is Carla's will be done. Carla, this is this is something that the adversary is using against the millennials, against many, many people. Please understand this. I'm gonna quote Saint uh, Alphonsus Liguori. The quote is, a vocation delayed is a vocation denied. Pray, clear discernment for your vocation, pick a path and go down. And if your path is a career path and that comes before marriage or becomes before holy orders, then you, you got a problem there. And so seek some serious spiritual direction. When we elevate career over vocation, we've just put our will in front of God's will. Reorient yourself become creature in front of creator and and encourage a conversation with him 
I'm not telling you you're not supposed to have a career. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to get this in right order. Kyle, you need to have a... Now, when I... Ann, do you remember that column, Ask... What was it called? Ask Ann Landers or Ask... Uh, she's smiling. Uh, just, yeah, something like that. Yeah, a dear... What was it? Do you remember that, Kyle? In our generation, there was one of those things that you wrote away to the newspaper columnist and you presented your issue and then they wrote the answer back. Dear Abby. Dear Abby, that's yeah, it. Dear, it oh, we're both smiling. Dear Abby. We can have Dear Kyle. Dear Kyle. So, Kyle, you know, you, we've talked a lot about what's wrong with the church. Annie, I don't know if you have any prayer requests or uh, something before I, I move on. I do have a, uh, a single one. It's just uh, for my childhood friend that I've been friends with for years. Um, she's been diagnosed with She's been diagnosed with ALS recently. So I'd like to ask for some prayers for her and her healing. And we know each other. You know these it, that sometimes this is a difficult thing to, to look into the eyes of a friend who's suffering horribly and say, what a gift. And her name is Nancy. Nancy, this is an unbelievable gift. There were times, there were times in the past when we were much closer to God that we recognized that a long, lingering, debilitating illness was such a blessing that it allowed us to purify ourselves and to do purgatory here on earth. We watch this with Pope John Paul, uh, Saint Pope John Paul. We watched him. He was willing to age in front of us. It would take him 10 minutes to kneel, yet he insisted on kneeling, and he would have to have help to rise. But he insisted upon placing himself in these painful, painful postures. This disease is very, very debilitating over a long period of time. It is an intense suffering, and it is an unbelievable weapon in the spiritual realm when one uses it to grow closer to God, to join their suffering to the suffering of Christ. We watch saint pope john paul ii do this we watched him do it nancy please take solace please understand that it is a gift please offer it not only for the church but for all of the laity everyone who is unwilling or unable to suffer your life has just been given a tremendous purpose lord hear our prayer lord, lord hear, hear our, our prayer, prayer. So, Kyle, the clock's ticking, and I really, there were a couple things I wanted to ask you. One was about uh, getting back to the subject of healing the church. What, what are the things that we as the lay faithful can do to participate in the healing of the church? I think one of the things that we can do, first of all, is to, is to grow a thick skin, a real thick skin, and understand that we can't afford the luxury of offense. We simply can't afford the luxury of offense. Um, what I mean by that is we are in a sinking boat, and so we need to bail. I don't need to worry about how the other guy next to me is bailing. I just need to bail. And I do not have the luxury of offense. The second thing I think we need to do is to talk straightforward to our clergy and say, look, I'm raising a family. I'm trying to work out my own salvation. This is not about my comfort. This is not about politics. You need to... to to help me and I need to help you. This is about the salvation of souls. Let's talk plain truth. 
I don't erode your authority. You don't erode my authority. We have to speak with a constant voice. That's, that is really, really key is to get this constancy and this consistency and the understanding that we are not in an adversarial relationship. We are in this together. And that the only way we're going to get out of it is to work, work through it together, to respect the priesthood, but at the same time to respect marriage. There is a, while holy orders are the higher calling, I, I'm not going to dispute that at all. There is still a lack of respect between the presbyterate and between uh, the laity. As far as laity, never call a priest by his first name. Do not disrespect the priesthood. You are not familiar enough with this priest of the Most High God. I don't care if he's your blood brother. He is a priest of the Most High God. Fathers, please recognize patriarchs and fathers and family men. Call them Mr. That is a title in the same way that father is. They're engaged in a vocation that is about the salvation of souls. We are way too familiar with each other. And with that familiarity comes a degree of disrespect, not only for ourselves, but for others. So that has to be heightened. Respect always the office, always the office. So, Kyle, when you were saying don't call the priest by the first name, are you saying don't say Father John or are you saying don't say John? Don't say John. Put the, oh. father, put the father first. Put the father. So you can say father by the first name, right? I just got a feedback. I just want to share this with you. I have my phone in front of me uh, from a listener. It's from Chris and Anne Marie. It says, Angela, we were at the movie, The Incredibles, and we walked out to the car immediately to turn the radio on. You and Kyle were on and introduced Ron, um, Ron and Kyle spoke the most incredible prayer I've ever heard. It's as if Kyle knew Ron and his battle for and love of the church. I called Ron and asked him if he heard, and he said that he hadn't. So she repeated Kyle's prayers as best she could, and he started to cry. And he said, if his suffering helps the church, it's worth it. Oh, thanks be to God. Praise God. God. Praise God. Thank you, Anne-Marie and Chris. They're like an amazing couple. I could talk about them over and over again, they they pray. Talk about courageous couples. I mean, they're out there with America Needs Fatima Kyle. They're praying the rosary. They're fighting black masses. They'll get in the car and they'll drive, you know, to stand up against satanic masses and sacrilege. And um, they're just a heroic couple. So I'm just so happy that uh, Chris and Maria are listening and they got a chance to hear your prayer. I just want to ask you one last question. What's the spiritual warfare aspect of the things we've been talking about the past hour? The spiritual warfare is a great question. The spiritual warfare aspect is that they're coming against the church institutionally. You mentioned black masses. Our, Our Lady talked about this institutional aspect, speaking about Freemasonry and other constructs when she talked at Fatima. Now, the apparition at Fatima, one of the things that's being lost is the concept of reparation. This is battle. We do not have the luxury of political correctness, and we need to call each other on it. We need to call evil, evil. We need to call what is unclean, unclean. The, the idea that political correctness and we need to somehow accommodate this simply will not work. It's being used against us. It's made our bishops become political. It's made our priests become political. It's made the church become something that it was never intended. Christ called us to be the conscience of the culture, not another political party. 
We've got to discard the politics. We've got to speak truth. We've got to speak plain truth to each other. We can't afford offense. We can't afford the luxury of offense. And we have to understand that in this battle, if I'm concerned about how you feel, then I've lost the concern for your soul. This is about souls. This is not about how somebody feels emotionally. Amen. Well, with that, um, what would you advise somebody who's um, discerning what's going on in the church, you know, besides prayer? Um, just give a, a little bit of what you think as far as the individual and dealing with this. I think the, the concept of subsidiarity is always and everywhere operative. Pray first and most vehemently and most actively for your parish priest. Pray for his holiness. Pray for his sanctity. Be willing to talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. Go to him and talk to him about the business of saving souls, about salvation. Let him know he's got some support and he's got some backup. Wow. Wow. And Kyle, that's all the, believe it or not, that's all the time we have. But Kyle, before we close, could you offer a concluding prayer? Yes. Lord God, ancient of days, you who bring cosmos out of chaos, shine the brilliance of your essence, that uncreated light, that purifying, transforming, taboric light. Shine it into our hearts. Shine it into your church. Shine it into the consciences of all churchmen and all married, everyone in vocation, that we constantly and everywhere recall our commitment to pursue holiness and to be your instrument of salvation in this world. In precious name, amen. Amen. Kyle, God be God with you. you. We can't wait. Uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, Kyle will be our presenter on Angels and Demons. And when is that? October 28th, 27th, 28th. It's that last weekend in October. So you don't want to miss this conference. It's not every day you get a chance to talk to Kyle Clement. That's it for today. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.